Steps Weekend 2015. This is Tamara talking about Step 1. Hi everyone, I'm Tamara, I'm an alcoholic. Hi Tamara. Really gratefully sober and um, tonight and really um, grateful to be able to share my experience um, with Step 1. Yeah, Step 1, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Um, for me, I was, um, I was a daily drinker. Um, when Dave was talking about that cycle of addiction, you know, for me, from the time I was 16 till I um, stopped drinking at 34, I was a daily drinker. I think I had one day where I actually stopped drinking. Um, I desperately wanted to stop drinking. There was every reason for me to stop drinking, but I couldn't stop. And that cycle, that, you know, that was, was a day daily for me. I would wake up and, you know, particularly at the end of my drinking, of course, uh, you know, there's no way I'm going to pick up a drink. You know, the shame, the guilt, the remorse, everything I'd done the night before, the way I felt, the horror, the tremors, everything. And by about four or five o'clock, you know, restless, irritable discontent. Will I, won't I, I will. And, and that, was, that was the cycle for me. Um, even though I really wanted to stop, I never honestly tried to stop. I'm not an alcoholic that's had experience with trying to stop or, or going to any detox or rehab. That's not my story. Um, how I guess I came to, to have a step one experience, which happened for me before I came into the rooms of AA, um, you know, a whole lot of things had happened and life was incredibly unmanageable. I'd lost my marriage, um, you know, um, my drinking had just gone from, from worse to worse. I'd had, uh, drink driving offences, etc. and, um, yeah, and, and I guess, you know, whilst I desperately wanted to stop and I'd lost friends and family had had enough and, you know, the dramas went on and on and on and, you know, it was, it was in, in just an incredibly, you know, horrendous time. I just couldn't stop. I didn't know how to stop and um, I hadn't even really thought about it. I was just, that's just what I did, you know. Um, a series of things happened, I guess, and... Um, you know, I remember um, towards the end, it was my brother's 21st and, you know, I, I promised myself I am not drinking tonight. Like, there's no way I'm not drinking. At the same time, I have that mental obsession, so I'd just gotten my licence back after a drink driving offence and I'd hid my car keys. I taped over my steering wheel, do not drive. I wrote myself messages <laughs> and went to the party. I'm not drinking at all. There is no way I have to do a speech. It's my little brother's 21st. You know, by that stage, nobody really, you know, everyone had just had it with me. Um, and I went and, you know, 7 o'clock, I think I'll have a drink. That'll just take the edge off to do the speech. I'm just going to have one. Um, and, of course, you know, it set off that, that physical allergy. I didn't have one. I got absolutely plastered. I got taken home. I got put to bed. I got up in a blackout. Um, I don't know. I must have pulled that, that sign off the steering wheel. And I drove from Brunswick to Dandenong in a blackout and had a, a huge car accident, was five times over the limit and, you know, uh, smashed into a fire hydrant. My car exploded, the roof came off, I was pulled from that and um, very lucky that I didn't hurt myself or any, anyone else. Um, and I drank after that. Um, prior to that, sorry, I forget that I actually, you know, was really praying 
to some sort of God to help me. Like I said, I really wanted to stop drinking. I just didn't know how. And I do remember one night, probably a week before this happening, absolutely pissed, screaming to a God that I didn't understand, you know, just make anything happen to stop me drinking, bawling my eyes out, um, just anything. And then I had that car accident and, of course, that was my doing, but um, I guess that was the beginning of the end for me. I went on a massive bender after that for a week. Um, My family didn't know where I was. You know, my phone was gone. Nobody knew where my car was. Police were being called and... Um, you know, and I, I didn't care at all. I was off drinking and my last drink um, was Christmas Day 2010 and um, the car accident happened on December the 13th and so it was sort of, a, you know, 10 or 15, I don't know, whatever after that. And um, and I remember again, you know, if I was drinking daily but I was, it's Christmas, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... And my mum was the only one that was still hanging on in there, so I was at her place, please don't drink today, you know. And I, I had court case coming up and I was I had five offences I was facing and one of them was possible jail time and, you know, I couldn't believe this could happen to a girl like me, you know. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and then the thought came in, I'll, I'll just have this much of a mojito, like I'll just have that much. And, of course, the same thing happened again and I was polishing off people's drinks. I stole alcohol, hid it in toilets. Um, The whole sort of thing happened again. And, you know, my mum found me in a closet and I pissed my pants and I was slugging on this bottle of Chardonnay, bawling my eyes out because I could not stop drinking. Um, The next day I woke up and um, I didn't... I was in a house in Fairfield that I was house-sitting. I don't know how I got back there, but... um, I feel for me, and I sometimes find it really hard to express in words, but this is just what happened. I, I feel like I had um, a step one experience, I suppose. I admitted and I, I accepted, perhaps. I, I don't really know, but it just... This is how it felt. I woke up and I just knew that I can't have this much of a mojito because I can't stop drinking. And I knew I was completely powerless. I wouldn't say maybe powerless at that time. And I knew my life was completely stuffed for me. That's how it felt. And I remember saying, like, it's over. And that was it. I had no idea how I was going to do that. Like I said, I was not someone that had ever tried to stop drinking before, more than a day. Um, But I knew it was over. I knew I was stuffed. I knew I was an alcoholic. Like Dave said, I I knew my whole life, but I admitted it, I accepted it, and I rang um, Moreland Hall, and um, I had to wait about a week to get to see a drug and alcohol counsellor, and the only thing that stopped me drinking that week, I didn't know about AA then, was um, pure fear that I was going to, you know, at the same time when I had that that step one experience, I also knew I was going to die, that's how it felt, I'm going to die or I'm going to kill someone if I keep drinking. So that stopped me drinking um, till I saw a counsellor who's a member of this fellowship and another one and and that started my journey in AA, um, thank God. When um, I, for me, step one, working the step, I guess I met my sponsor, uh, my first sponsor at my first AA meeting. Um, I remember it really clearly, it was a steps meeting in, in Fairfield, people shared on step one and I related I felt like I was home I felt like I finally fitted in somewhere um of course it was emotional 
so much came up. She was the first woman that shook my hand and made me feel comfortable, made me a cup of tea. And, and after the meeting, she came right up to me and she just said a few things um, that always stick in my mind. She said, you know, if, if you're an alcoholic, it's not for me to say, but, you're, you know, we end up in jails, mental institutions or dead if we keep drinking. But there is a solution in the 12-step program and she gave me her number and suggested that I call her the next day. Um, I had the gift of desperation. I was desperate not to drink and, of course, I was mad because I'd never gone that long without drinking and I didn't have a solution. Um, I thought it was really strange but I rang her the next day and we just had a normal conversation. She was on her way to work. She was a normal person and, um, you know, she suggested that I come over to her house. We... Um, that front, that like I think two days later. So um, I'm someone that started working the steps quite quickly. We started reading from the big book. She explained to me the cycle of addiction, um, which was a relief because I related. She explained the disease of uh, the disease concept of alcoholism, the disease. Um, and we started reading through the big book, and I wrote a uh, an inventory on my powerlessness and an inventory on my manageability and. Um, that's been really important for me. At about six months sober, I, I had the delusion that I'm, I'm not as bad as those other people in the meetings. And um, I went back to my step one and, and reread my powerlessness. And it was absolutely every aspect of my drinking where I was powerless over alcohol. To me, every 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 attempt to control it, every um, yeah, it was my powerlessness, and it was personal to me. And also the unmanageability, the outside unmanageability and the inside, how I felt. Um, and then I shared that with her. Um, yeah. So that, that was my step one experience. Um, I then worked, moved on to work the rest of the steps. Um, yeah, so I think I'll just leave it there. Thanks for letting me share. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.com.au.